This is Jessica, and you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. My uh, guest today is Ross Blotcher. Ross, Hello. say hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's so nice to see you. It's we haven't see seen you. each other in so long. Welcome to California again. Thank you. It's very warm here. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. For us, this is cold, but compared Which is to where you come from. Buck wild. It's 65 degrees. If it was this all year round, I'd be literally in heaven. Anyway, weather talk over. <laughs> um, we're actually in Ross's office in, is this Disney animation? Disney animation. Walt Disney Animation Studios. Could you get a little bit up on that mic for me? Walt Disney Animation <laughs> Studios. It is super dope. He gave me a tour. <laughs> we were talking about when we were going to record, and he's like, oh, if you want, you can come to my office. I was like, yeah, yes. <laughs> That is what I want, actually. I've been fishing out. for an invitation for years. <laughs> finally. Yeah, finally. I get the hint. <laughs> we just went out for Indian food. Yeah. It was amazing. This is a good day. Yeah. This has been a really fun day. So, Ross, um, you are perhaps known for, to our listeners to for being the co-host of Ono, oh Ross, and Carrie. Yeah. Would you like to give us an overview of your podcast? Absolutely. So, uh, well, I'm the Ross half of the equation. Okay, well. That's that's to be expected. Mm -hmm. My friend Carrie and I, we are both weirdos who enjoy putting ourselves in weird and uncomfortable situations involving extraordinary claims, alternative remedies, uh, uh, fringe science, Mm -hmm. paranormal... religion, cults, that sort of thing. So we we go join so you don't have to, and we mm-hmm. tell you all about it. <laughs> it is, it's, I, I, I've probably been listening to Ona Ross and Carrie since 2012, maybe 2011. Like, oh, it, yeah, like we were brand new. From the beginning. It's one of my favorites because it is, we were kind of just talking about it because you guys do a little more, um, arcs more so now that there's you know a five or ten episode arc of we did this one thing we're gonna talk about it a lot yeah and then recent this most recent episode was just like you guys went to see a psychic and saw what weird shit she said and it's just a fun um a fun mix of we're gonna test cancer research and also we're gonna go to a pet psychic and just see what's going on there yeah well i mean we try to define our podcast with a focus, but it's still such a wide range of things that we can do within that yeah. that definition. Yeah, I think um, regular listeners of this podcast will, if they don't listen to your podcast, they know you as the person that I'm ignoring, Hammett and texting because I'm like Ross needs to know about this. He should go. <laughs> he should go sign up for this dumb shit I want him to do. <laughs> Excellent. Because well, you show up, so I don't have to personally. Yeah. Well, just in this last year, we've joined a flat Earth group in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. Did some experiments with them we drank our own urine that was terrible i was <laughs> so upset by that i'm so glad that's over with <laughs> i'm so mad i did ayahuasca we talked about that we did earlier yeah and stressful survived. again that stressful was... for me which is the real moral of the Jeez, story i gotta stop stressing <laughs> you out this was a busy year also the teal swan that was another one teal of our swan bigger investigations good um so i guess how is there anything in the last Oof, you've been doing this since 2011. Yeah. Is there anything that you would like to go back and revisit? Oh, totally. And in fact, one thing I am revisiting, Uh but Carrie won't let me talk about it. So, uh, yeah, we're often tempted to go back and kind of try things again, see what the new perspective is. And is that from a place of you guys grew and changed perspective or that thing changed or you just wanted to try again? Yeah, and oftentimes we want to see what has happened to mm-hmm. them in the meantime. Like uh, Tony Alamo, since we joined 
or went to their services, the Tony Alamo Ministries. He clapped cult. better. I have I have no problem calling that a cult. Uh-huh. I try to use that term carefully, and they certainly are if anybody is. And uh, since we went there, the founder has died. And so oh. now we're curious. He was in jail for 175 years for marrying girls as young as eight and nine. Uh, but... Now he's gone, and I'm curious, well, what's happened with the compound? Where are the people? What are they doing? Um, I do want to clarify. You said Tony Alamo, and I thought of Tony, who's the motivational speaker. Ah, oh, yeah, the the different Tony. Well, I'm picturing his face. I just, I tried to make a fun joke about clapping weird. Oh, oh <laughs> I, I get you. Yeah, the guy with the big uh, fake clap. Why can't, why can't I think of his name right now? This is embarrassing. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. Tony, hmm. Oh, he's going to look it up. Here's the things. I don't know how to edit podcasts. Oh, you know what? That's funny. I didn't even need to. Oh, as soon I as he started? Yeah, of course. Tony Robbins. Robbins. That's I had Perkins thing. in my head. Who's Tony Perkins? Uh, there's Anthony Perkins. He was uh, an actor who was in Oh, we're just really close, so Psycho. I call him Tony. Oh, yeah, Anthony Perkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so you want to go back to Tony Alamo? Sorry. Also, a great adaptation of Les Miserables without music. Anthony Perkins played uh, Inspector Javert. Really? Yeah, it was like in the mid-80s. It was great. I should watch that. I read Ian that. Ian Holm po- played um, the uh, the in. Oh no! What was he? Ian Holm. He was the uh, the priest who forgives Valjean. Oh really? Yeah. Sorry, this is a total offshoot uh-uh. of our conversation. No, it doesn't matter because interesting <laughs> story. The first time I ever, not the second time I ever came to LA, I was sixteen, and I was on. Sp- this is going to tell you a lot about me as a human. I was on spring break, and so I was reading Les Mis over spring break because I'm pretty cool. I was on vacation with my parents and reading Les Mis and I was sitting in LAX airport when the Eponine death scene happened and was like sobbing (laughs) in the airport, like reading this like novel by by Victor Hugo. Anyway, that's a little (laughs) insight about why I didn't have that many friends when I was little. Um, So what's stuck with you? Like has, do you think anything that you've, investigated has shifted your view of the world besides ayahuasca which you thought you were going to die on which was yeah. y'all oh my god why don't you give an, an overview of the ayahuasca thing okay. it was the wildest thing first you guys of all i'm, ju- I'm just got to step back for a second to correct myself ian home played thanadier in the okay. movie i just you know, people are gonna write me don't at this. me Any, yeah exactly <laughs> anytime i say anything wrong uh wow oh that's that's interesting. Has changed my worldview. I know. Well, pe- give us a, a quick overview of the ayahuasca thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so for ayahuasca, it's uh, if you haven't heard of it before, well, even if you have heard of it, you probably can't spell it because we, we saw so many. It's in- ingoogleable. Yeah, we we saw so <laughs> many inventive uh, spellings of ayahuasca. Most of them starting with the letter I, but it's A Y A Aya, and then H U A. And then SCA, ayahuasca. Uh-huh. And it's a potent hallucinogenic drug. And uh, as we were just saying earlier, I, up to this point, had never even done marijuana. Taken, taken marijuana? Taken marijuana? Ta- what, what is the toked, verb? Toked, toked a marijuana. I have not toked a marijuana. Toked a jazz cigarette? I haven't toked a marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to go watch a YouTube. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, so I, I, you know, hadn't done anything, and we were going to fly down to Costa Rica mm-hmm. to try ayahuasca, one of the most potent hallucinogens out there, and see what happens to us. 
and uh, Carrie ended up not being able to take the substance itself mm-hmm. because, uh, well, it's a long story, which we, we tell at length in the podcast, but... But she, she took the tincture, to which the is... tincture, yes. Beware. It's really more Really, intense. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what is the definition of a tincture? Is it just... Oh, it's it's, it's just any for... kind of mixture with things okay. in it. So, it, but it was a homeopathic. Preparation. I was about to say, I thought there was homeopathy involved. So in that's that. the important piece here: is that there was no active ingredient mm-hmm. inside of it. Anyway, um, well, I don't know if you've heard of science, but <laughs> like cures well, I like. <laughs> I think Einstein said that. Mm. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, all right, yeah, we we have an audience here. We don't need to explain that. No, no, no. <laughs> God, I hope not. Yeah, if, yeah. They know homeopathy. So, They're smart. Right. No no good. No bueno. Anyway, so we yeah, we go down to Costa Rica and there's for four nights, uh, we get in this long building that they refer to as the flight deck and uh, there's 70 plus people there. And so we're all lined up in these white cots. It looks like something out of a suicide cult. Uh-huh. It's very creepy looking when you're there and there's images with occultic imagery, but you line up and you you get this brew which to me smelled and tasted kind of like a earthy prune juice like you just took some prune juice and <laughs> Jessica's face is scrunching up here. I don't know if prune juice is a cultural touch point that pe- like I've <laughs> never smelled prune juice if you mix some dirt and leaves into prune juice you'd have something approaching what ayahuasca tastes like okay but every night it was slightly different and yeah you take this and it takes like an hour and a half for it to start Kicking in? Yeah, uh, half an hour to an hour, maybe an hour and a half. For some people, they don't get an effect at all, which is totally w- And weird. didn't everybody wear white except for you? It, it was recommended <laughs> that you do wear white, and a lot of people did, but yeah, we, did, we were not you know prepared why? for that. Uh, I think just the imagery of being spiritually open and pure, I don't know, something Brother. like that. Or so when you vomit <laughs> under the influence of ayahuasca, you'll have something to remember it by. Yeah, so... It's uh, it's a hallucinogen that takes you, first of all, like it starts with just geometric patterns and interesting mm-hmm. images. And everyone's going to have a slightly different experience and you're going to have a different experience every time you do it. Mm-hmm. They're giving us different brews each time. But the, the pattern is essential. You start with something that's just kind of like nature, geometry, and they're playing trippy music that helps guide Ross the made me listen to it on the way back from dinner. Yeah, you've got... I, I actually didn't hate it, if I'm being honest. Not bad, right? <laughs> and uh, then once it sets in, then you go into the depths and you get these pure emotions, either pure sadness or pure disgust or pure desolation, you know, just something miserable. It mm. finds... What, you know, whatever is the most miserable, horrible experience for you, and it puts you there uh, for <laughs> what feels like an interminable amount of time. I mean, to be fair, it is an interminable amount of time. It's, <laughs> you, you, it's, you said it's 14 hours? Well, the, the ceremony long. itself, yeah, goes anywhere from, I think the shortest was maybe 10 hours. That's simply too long. Yeah, that's a long time. You're on this cot, and you're, you're puking. You hear people out around you throwing up. What did they call brains... the thing that you puked into? Oh, yeah, that was the... A um, buddy? You're in Spanish, it was the uh, amigo. Oh, your amigo. Yeah. <laughs> and they, like, it's part, they know that it's coming. Like, I want to be very clear. It's not like sometimes people puke. They're like, here is... Everyone gets their own blue bucket and a roll of toilet paper. Because oh, it's happening. Oh, and, uh, of course, a blanket as well to wrap yourself in. Uh-huh. But, yeah, you get down to the depths, and you're miserable, and you lose sense of time. So you're just trapped in this nether world. <laughs> 
seeing hellish visions and being miserable or whatever it may be. So you hear people around you crying and puking. Uh, but you, you're wondering, why would anyone do this? But after that, then you come up out of it and you have this experience where everything makes sense and the world comes together and you're filled with elation and love for all things. It's super euphoric. Yeah. Even then, all along the way, at least for me, and I've heard from other people too, it's hard to breathe. Like, breathing is no longer a an involuntary act. Oh so you have to intentionally just remember, breathe. <sighs> and anyways, it's, um, yeah, it's wild. But then you come out on the other side, and, oh, you've made all these connections, and every aphorism you've ever heard comes blazing <laughs> to your head, and it's just amazing. Oh, I get it all now. Oh, I see. Okay, all these things connect. We're all connected. Everything's connected, and it's wonderful. And it's worth it? You know, if you'd asked me up until the end of the third night, uh-huh. I would have said, you know, everyone should do this. I would... A hundred percent recommend anybody. Like, listen to the whole thing. This story of Ross thinking he was literally going to die on ayahuasca is one of the most harrowing stories I've heard. And it, like, I'm sweating thinking about it. It was uh. just like, just my sympathy for you is so real. And especially because I think there was also a second, like, it was an, a terrible experience for you from what I could hear. But also the second layer on it of you weren't a true believer trying to, like, mm. find something. You were doing this for a dumb podcast. Your podcast isn't dumb. <laughs> it's a wonderful podcast. No, you are doing it for the, a podcast. The scope of things. Yeah, if you're dying. Uh, I've never been more scared in my life. <sighs> it was. It, it uh, was horrific. And I really did think I was dying. And I've never been someone who's particularly afraid of death. I don't mm-hmm. think about it. But when I was actually felt my body shutting down, I freak the hell out. In in hindsight, do you because it's not out of the realm of possibility that ayahuasca hurts people, right? Or people die in ayahuasca. is it It's not outside the realm of possibility. So in hindsight It's not common, but enough people do it that there are ayahuasca deaths. So in hindsight looking back, do you think you were in real physical danger or do you think it was a especially bad trip? Uh I would say my my estimation of the danger level has dropped since uh-huh. then, but I would say it was still a very dangerous situation. I think my ba- my body was in a bad state that many people have said is uh, uh, r- sounds like <laughs> serotonin syndrome, like which can be What's super serious. Um, it certain drugs combinations of drugs can trigger it, and uh, essentially it's organ failure, like where Fuck your, your, your body overheats and the organs start shutting off. What if you died for this podcast? I mean, <laughs> I not if, but when. <laughs> I don't know. I I just I can't speculate on that. I, I would feel too bad for my wife. I have to stay alive just for for her and my son. <laughs> That's she very was noble not of happy you. with me after the uh, ayahuasca situation. Uh, no, I I've sworn off of uh, hard drugs. Oh, good for you. Uh, you're as not going to promise to her. You're not going to do a marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> I might still take a marijuana. I, well, and it's interesting because it's not like you like, and I've smoke pot like I have never done anything stronger than that like my friends in college used to like do shrooms I know a ton of people but you didn't have like a frame of comparison nope for I wonder if you had like gotten high before you went just so you could feel a lot of people were suggesting that I do so and all of my friends came out of the woodwork with marijuana oh hey, look what we've got congratulations <laughs> you want to try it you can try it <laughs> well thank you I'm glad to know I have this support network in oh, place oh my god it's so brave of them um <laughs> 
So a, a pattern I noticed, I wasn't texting somebody, I was taking notes. I just wanted you to know that. Uh, a pattern I noticed in a lot of your experiments is, in the ayahuasca one for sure, but in other ones of white people appropriating various mm-hmm. cultures. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because I feel like it's a pattern of like white people donning a, whether it's Middle Eastern or, or any kind of, or like, Native American. Did, is that a pattern you see, or is that just something I've kind of made up? Yeah, it's a form of spiritual tourism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, a lot of white people generally can afford <laughs> to go try these different things. And, yeah, on one hand, it's it's hard to fault them. They want to experience other cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when you get a bunch of them in aggregate, it does look funny. <laughs> and in this case, we had a bunch of white shamans, and we talked about that on yeah. the podcast. So what does that mean? And, you know, what is the process? And, and how do the indigenous peoples feel about that? Uh, we're not the ones to judge that, though. So, right. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to say as mm-hmm. yet another white person. <laughs> um, so... I want to talk about flat earth. It's one of my favorite things to talk to people about oh, because uh, unless they believe it and then it's a no, absolutely not. I've never met a real flat earther. <laughs> oh, I think really? that would suck the fun right out of it. I have so many flat earth friends now. Well, I think we kind of live different lives in some <laughs> respects, Ross. Um, but I actually talked to people about like what well, it was inspired by you guys episode of just like, did you know there was, like, we've talked about it on the podcast a couple times, and I just find it to be a really fun, weird, like, thing to bring up over drinks. Like, did you guys know Flat Earth is a thing now? Right. And I've had at least two people text me, because I'll say, like, this is what they believe, and it's a dome, or it's this thing, or it's all the pilots are in on it. And I've had two people text me, like, did not believe that it exists. Yes. They're like, nobody thinks that. And I've gotten okay. texts of... I'm driving behind this person. They have a flat earth bumper sticker. What the fuck? Yeah. I, and that I was going to say that always is the first question people have is, are they serious though? They don't really think they that. Super no, I assure you they believe it. They believe the earth is flat. And what I, there's some, I think the fascination I have in the flat earth movement and maybe also in like the 9-11 truthers movement is it comes down to a core of we are being lied to all the time forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you've tied the right ones together. Yeah. Uh, Do you, would you put anything else in that oh, category? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. There's chemtrails, mm-hmm. same group, uh, Sandy hook. Yeah. Hoax, uh, fluoride in the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all of those are tied to the the government's lying to us. The Bilderberg conspiracy, What's that one? trilateral commission. These okay. are just very. You're losing me. These are very the Freemasons, the Freemasons Illuminati. These uh-huh. are all just various groups that are controlling the planet. You know, it's like the X Files. You have this little group of smoking men in a room that uh-huh. are controlling the fates of all of us, uh-huh. and we live at their whims. And there, there's no proof of it, but the absence of proof becomes the proof. Right. Uh, all of that is tied in as well. So when you're, s- so I feel like it's really easy for me anyway to sit and talk about these people as a, as like a group of people who feel paranoid, who feel like they're being lied yeah. to. Pizzagate, that's another one. Pizzagate. God, I forgot about Pizzagate. When you're talking to somebody, wh- oh, actually, I want to s- talk specifically at one person um, because. I thought you put it in a really interesting way. There was a woman... So y'all did a... Um, I'm sorry, I'm really trying to tie some strings together. So you did a an experiment over the Salt 
Salton Sea. The Salton Sea, the largest inland sea lake in California. And it was essentially the idea was the size of it. Why don't you describe it instead of me relaying from what I remember from your podcast? Just a gigantic lake uh, that satisfies some of the qualifications that they had made in my conversations with the... And this is in in the spirit of proving or disproving whether the Earth is flat. Right. And so I wanted to give them the best case scenario, Mm -hmm. this group in Santa Monica that I had been meeting with, and they had mentioned, well, you know, a lot of the effects that look like uh, a curvature in the Earth is just tides or Mm -hmm. something like that, which, oh boy, try to ask them where tides come from. There's a fun conversation (laughs) because a lot of them don't believe the moon is real. Anyways, so... Wait. Yep. Okay, we'll come back to that. Yep. Anyway, so so they said, well, the Salton Sea, they named it in particular, doesn't have tides. Well, it has very small tides. Okay. Yes, okay, sure. Uh, But it's big enough that... In theory, standing one edge from one edge to the other, you should be able to see across if the Earth is flat, right? Right. And then the question is, well, how far can you see, and how high up do you have to see? Mm-hmm. And there's very specific math that cur- calculates the curvature of the Earth. But the other major point that they've made is that water cannot hold a curve. Jesus, what does that mean to them? So when they think of water, they're thinking, okay, water has to stay flat because. They don't believe in gravity per se, but they feel that water is always going to find its level. Right. And just the the mere thought that water could bend over a globe is just laughable to them. You know, because water doesn't do that. Water stays flat. So it can't hold a curve. Now, I, I know what you're thinking. Well, what about an, a meniscus in a in a test tube or something? That They're actually th- was literally, like, I was thinking, <laughs> I, I'm, yes. So in that case, okay, water tension can achieve something like that on a small scale. But if you've got a large body of water, you're not going to hold a curve. So we had the right settings for a test that we could go out and do interactively and say, if we're standing at, say, four feet tall, we plug in the numbers into Mm -hmm. a curvature calculator. On the other side of the lake, the particular stretch we choose, we agree on the distances, it should obscure something 35 feet tall. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we went for. Turns out it's hard to run an experiment like this. (laughs) We were trying to do it on the cheap, uh, Uh not only because we're a volunteer organization. This is the Independent Investigations Group. I've been a member of many years, uh, and we were doing it with them. Uh, So not not only for that reason, but also because we wanted it to be something. It wasn't high tech or fancy. It just showed, you know, the curvature of the earth with Mm -hmm. your own eyeballs. Uh, So we built this complicated rig with you uh, balloons. That that lifted up and held up a sign, and it was hard to get lasers, it working. Or was lasers the second lasers iteration? Came later, yeah. Okay. So, anyways, it you know there was a lot of heat distortion on the water even early in the day, and mm-hmm. you know things weren't working out the way that they should uh, because it's hard. It's really hard to run a test like that. Yeah. Uh, but the National Geographic came along and they shot footage, and uh, there's their own of you guys are just in a different of, of us of the, really? that test, a very edited down version that only showed the second test, huh. but that's on National Geographic. I didn't know that. I'll have to pretty fun. Look for that. Yeah, I can show you a clip later. Okay. Um. So specifically, and uh, there was a woman that you talked to who like seemed reasonable, and she got less reasonable as the day went on. I don't know if you remember who I'm talking. All I remember is you kind of relaying these conversations, these debates that you would have with this woman. Oh, yeah. And I remember one. <laughs> and what I thought was interesting, and I think is is something that's really applicable to 
almost anything is if you would concede one tiny point, she would jump all over that and... Yep. But she would never hold herself to the same exactly. standards. <laughs> like, how oh, frustrating is that? the most ungracious Trumpian thing you can imagine. Uh, oh, and the, doesn't it make everybody involved in that conversation less intellectually honest? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because then if you cede any ground to truth or honesty or just mm-hmm. you know fair play, yeah, she'll take advantage of that. Sydney was her name. And uh, I'm generally considered to be a very patient person. Yes. And I can talk to people with extraordinary beliefs for a long time. But she has a set of beliefs where she questions underlying reality itself. She believes in the uh, Mandela effect to such an extent that, like, we all have heard of the Mandela effect where we collectively remember something that never happened. Uh Uh, The name comes from Nelson Mandela uh, having died in prison. Everyone remembers him dying in prison, but then he shows up later. Wait, what? No, we remember seeing his funeral. What? Which is wild, because I don't remember that. I do. My favorite iteration of that one is the Berenstain Bears. Oh, Berenstain Bears, yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone, that everyone remembers it being Berenstein, Berenstein. but it's nope. Berenstein. It, it's always and so been the idea is what we somebody went back and edited the past, yes. but missed something. So w- most of us can look at those kinds of occurrences. The other one is Shazam, Shazam. the movie starring Sinbad. Yeah, and we not can Kazam, say, the movie starring Shaq. Right, and we can say, oh, that's funny. I had this memory. You had the same memory. We were wrong. Right. That's the end of the story. For her and some of the other flat earthers I met. That's that's not it. Their memory can't be wrong. Mm-hmm. Somehow that can't be changed. And so reality has to have changed. And I can only speculate as to, you know, who or what is making these changes, but it seems to be someone malicious and messing with them. In the fact that that is a more logical reality than right. I misremember. Because we can, I mean... You, you couldn't find a starker example of Occam's razor not being used. Yeah. This is Occam's beard. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. But it's, I mean, I, I absolutely know there have been times that, like, I've been arguing with my husband, and I'm like, I have never been more sure about anything in my entire life. And I'm 100% wrong. It's like, pfft. Yeah. Yeah, right. th- that tracks too. Like, of course, I'm wrong about this dumb thing, but but you go into it like there's literally no way I can be wrong. But I think we see examples literally every day of how our memory is fallible. And that's the first step of skepticism is just realizing, oh, I can be wrong. In fact, I'm wired to be wrong, and, and I need to be open to that possibility. And do you think that's stressful to people? Is that why they they dig their heels in? Because I, I, I'm thinking of. When we talk about, so like I follow a lot of true crime, right? And mm-hmm. there's a lot. Eyewitness used to be the end all be all of evidence, right? Oh, right? If somebody saw it, they saw it. Yeah. There's, but now we know memories are fucked, and that's a horrible way to make convictions. It's, a t- it's l- one of the worst ways to make it in convictions. Yeah. Not to mention lie detector tests. Lie detector tests. Are, have you guys problem. done a lie detector? Yeah, we did one of voice polygraph. Oh, yeah. We tried to go to an actual lie detector test administrator. They charge a lot of money. It's very expensive, but I can't remember exactly, but I think the guy wanted us to pay like 1,800 bucks. Oof. Yeah. That's a lot. It's almost as many as what the crystals you got for your chakras. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, But anyway, I, I think my theory on this has always been 
for me, I, I, I can imagine a, a person thinking, if I can't believe my own memory, mm-hmm. what can I believe? Which is a right. really fair. reasonable thing. But for me, saying, like, I don't remember things perfectly is a really easy concession to make. Right. But do you think it's just an overconfidence in their own perception and memory? Yeah, I think it's that. And I think it's a result of them not understanding how memory works. They think of it Mm -hmm. as like a videotape or a computer or whatever the piece of technology is that you want to tie to (laughs) memory. But it's an important lesson to learn that that's not how memory works. Mm -hmm. Our brains kind of confabulate and recreate everything every time we remember it. And right. our brains pull our brains pull from society, from movies we've seen, from experiences we've had, uh, and just our own power of uh, of Recall. invention. Yeah. yeah. I, I always think of the fact that we can dream. Uh-huh. And <laughs> every night your brain puts on this amazing theater for you and mm-hmm. you see all these crazy things that you've maybe never seen before or combined with things that you have. Uh, your brain can do that. It's a simulation machine. Yeah. Our brains can do a lot of really cool stuff. They and also mess up a lot. Yeah. And so for, for this person, they've just staked their claim and decided, nope, <sighs> nope. If I think it's true, it has to be. And you're all messing with me. But that it's self-defeating because the all you have to say to that is, oh, well, I remember it differently. Then what do you do? You're at an impasse. <sighs> There's no way to resolve that unless you can go to something objective. But isn't there also an element of they think you're lying? Like Yes, right. Because if you suspect... That's all they can see from their perspective. And, and that's what it comes down to, right? Like, okay, if I don't believe gravity is real, that means... Th- there's so many... I, I think the, uh, the flat earth thing, there's so many people that would have to be complicit in that yes. for oh, it yes. to be even conceivable right. that you have to have a deeply paranoid worldview of it. Right. Uh, of, to... And for them, there's just this endless theater being put on, the space theater where we're launching things into the air for no reason. To, and to what end do they think? Exactly. That's the question. That and they don't know. They can't answer to any satisfying degree, other, at least not satisfying to me, right. other than to say, well, it's just to pull the wool over our eyes. It's like, well, really, why did you need but to why? S- stage this disaster and have this one blow up and have this one go up and... Where are the satellites coming from? Where your w- How does your GPS work? Exactly. And uh, it's, it's just an exercise in finding how they rationalize and do those mental backflips mm-hmm. to arrive at wherever they started again. Mm-hmm. And that's why one night when I asked three different flat earthers what the moon was, I got three different answers. Really? And, and let me just say, flat earther to them is not an insult. Sure. Like they'll call us globe, globe heads, heads or... <laughs> Globe tards, my favorite. Okay, rude. Yeah, rude. Uh, and uh, and they don't see any problem with that. But also, glo- Globehead is a stupid name. Like, by all measures of how you think a cool nickname is, Globehead is dumb. Yeah, that's true. That's one of those uh, schoolyard taunts. Like, yeah. You, yeah, let me scan the, the, let me scan the nearby bucket. Bucket head. Ah, got you. <laughs> exactly. Zing. <laughs> anyway, so just to let you know, I'm not insulting the flat earthers. Mm-hmm. By calling them that, they call themselves that. You were saying. Oh, I don't remember what I was saying. I bet it was important and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but it was right, and we're sticking to it. Yeah, absolutely. I remember everything 
do I remember the last thing I said? No, but everything else but I absolutely otherwise remember. Otherwise I'm infallible. Otherwise I'm infallible. So um, I feel like one of the bigger things, you, so we, I guess I should probably say you were on the podcast in 2014, I think. That sounds about right. Yeah, because it was right after Mikey and I got engaged. So 2014, I was out here. That's how I place things and timelines is my life. (laughs) Um, And so we spoke then. um, And since then, I think sort of the biggest thing your show did was Scientology. Oh, yes. That's right. For us, it's all been... Uh, BS and and was it before Scientology and a- AS? It was and it was interesting because when you guys were talking about it, it was echoing a lot of things I thought because you guys had said like people are worried about us for this one like I think whenever you do something like minorly dangerous we're like oh, be careful guys but when you all were like we're gonna do Scientology I was like you're gonna get murdered like they're gonna put a hit out on you guys and they didn't but and yes, they it didn't was, it was have they become less litigious yes they have and that's why just too much because it's become less and less effective Mm. uh they've they have more and more enemies uh they are hemorrhaging people Mm -hmm. they're in a bad way which is good that's good for the planet right uh and so their numbers are dwindling and they've realized they really can't get far with badgering people anymore Mm -hmm. the internet is their big foe yeah because now you know they're they're their whole money system is based on secrets and parceling out secrets Mm -hmm. and the internet doesn't stand for secrets. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, they're, they're in a bad way and I think we caught them at just the right moment Uh, and they're kind of allergic to the internet themselves. So it took them a while to look us up. Oh yeah. That was my, that was always my fear was that we'd step in and they'd be like, get out of here, you Mm -hmm. joker. Uh, but instead, I got to take a bunch of classes before they finally said, oh, wait, we should Google this fellow. <laughs> That's actually, we, on the drive over here, I was saying one of the things I admire about you guys the most is your ability to, like, bear long stretches of boredom <laughs> in a way that I could not. Ne- like, <laughs> like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I really wish I could do what they're doing. But I'm like, I couldn't sit in a six-hour Scientology class and, like, repeat words over and over like i would go mad immediately and i feel like that's so much of scientology is like we're gonna talk at you until you get bored and have to accept what we're (laughs) we're saying yeah and you know i guess if i have a superpower it's that i can sit through almost anything and i i feel like the thing that you and and carrie are both very good at is being very genuinely earnest Mm -hmm. in a way that I think you have to be to do what you're doing. Because Mm. I, I would say the, the best thing about your podcast is you always go in eyes wide open of like, if this is true, that's great. Like I am like, you don't go into it rolling your eyes. I feel like maybe like nine 11 truthers, there's a little more. (laughs) It's not zero eyes rolled. Yeah. You know, I'll say even for flat earth, my brain could go to a place where it would see through their eyes and see the world that way and be like, oh, I, okay, I get where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, let me consider it. I, I think I was genuinely open to the possibility mm-hmm. as much as I already had my understanding of 
why the world is round. Right. Uh, so, yeah, with Scientology, I did go in knowing a fair amount about Scientology, but saying, yeah, well, you know, if it wins me over, it wins me over. And that, that's fine. There, there's never going to be any bad result of seeking after truth. Right. Because either you find out uh, you were right and now you just know it a little better. That's great. But... On the flip side, maybe you find out you were wrong, and mm-hmm. now you can embrace new truth, and that's even better. So yeah. win-win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so <laughs> when does sci- you guys got deep into Scientology? It seemed uh, pretty far. I mean, like we didn't get on the bridge, but uh, Ugh, yeah, we hard. we took quite a few classes. We spent a lot of time. We went to various events and locations because they're all over LA. We mm-hmm. picked the right place to live for this podcast yeah. as well, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, yeah, so we, we got to do a lot before they put the kibosh on it. And we hadn't published any Scientology episodes until we were Until you're out. done? Yeah. And even then, I still went to some things and got kicked out. And that, that was, that's a fun story as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last time we, we spent time together, we had dinner. And I remember talking about, see, it was right after the Scientology episodes had, had come out. And there's videos that I think you took of getting kicked out of a Scientology thing. And you were still so unfailingly polite to the people who were like <laughs> bodily removing you from this thing. Oh, and you're well, like, thank you. well, thanks. I'm so, thank you for your time, you guys. <laughs> like, it was just so sweet and kind. It was really fun to listen to. Of just like, yeah, no. Okay. Oh, I'll go. Do you need me to do my, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll go. I'm so sorry. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, for Carrie and I, what we thought we could bring to the podcasting world was the firsthand experience, mm-hmm. uh, b- but we could also have fun with it, mm-hmm. but be nice. Yeah. And, and I think the, those were, I felt, three things that we could do that was new, that were new and, and hopefully interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, th- I think all of those things come genuinely out of our personalities. We're both just... It, insanely curious about these things. We still get super excited, like, yeah, I want to go. Ooh, when can you do this? Mm-hmm. We'd want to be doing it anyway. Right. But uh, it's a good thing I have the excuse of the podcast or my wife would have none of this. <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, I think we both want to uh, naturally respect people and see the best in them and, and connect with them as other humans. So usually we manage to do that and make friends with the people themselves. It's very rare that we have kind of a skirmish with the people it's happened but yeah uh, so one of the things that you guys do and it's not super frequent but it, it it's happened that you'll have you've joined x thing it happened with mormon church it happened with a thing all i remember is you guys emotionally recharged a battery on top of a hill <laughs> a theory is society Thank you. <laughs> yeah no, did i get good. that did i get the you broad strokes it. of that exactly right um you're charging a battery with your prayer energy and it was a literal battery wasn't yep. it I <laughs> but don't open it up or look at it. Yeah, <laughs> just trust it all works. It's and like an e-meter. <laughs> and after, like after the episodes came out, people would hear it and want to come on and talk to you guys. That is my like greatest fear of. I don't know. Like, I would feel so, even if I said nothing that I was like if I stood behind everything I mm-hmm. said, which I think confronting so I'm very non-confrontational so and not, that, not that it was a confrontational right confrontation but how does it feel to talk to people who like have heard you discuss their religion in a way that while not pejorative was definitely right. like well we were standing on top of a hill charging a battery yeah what that, was that 
for me, those are the episodes. Uh, those might be my favorite episodes, or the ones I'm most proud of. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, yeah, that's incredibly hard because when you're talking about your candid thoughts about this experience and what you were thinking, what was going on inside your little head, mm-hmm. or on reflection, uh, you know, are not intended for those right. people. You're talking to everybody else who's already kind of on the same wavelength as you. Mm-hmm. And if I were to have that frank discussion with one of the believers, well, first of all, we wouldn't do it there at the location. Mm-hmm. Carrie and I don't show up to say, yeah, yeah, stop, yeah. you're wrong. No, we're just there to observe and take part and have fun. And you seem to avoid drawing attention as much as possible. Right, yeah. We're just, you know, just there to be involved and be ourselves mm-hmm. uh, as, as honestly as we can. Uh, but, yeah, then... If I was to have a conversation, though, outside of that setting with one of those people, I would be I would be honest, but I would start from a different starting point. Oh, OK. And on the podcast, you don't get to do that. Sure. You're speaking to an audience and you just you don't you don't get to customize your language in a way that's still truthful. But it's starting from whatever you can share as a foundation and mm-hmm. working your way towards the, the critique, maybe. And so, yeah, th- those are incredibly tough situations. I, I think another one of Carrie's and my superpowers is that we both relish a good uncomfortable situation oh you guys are so good at it at a, at a certain point it flips over to being entertaining just to observe the social dynamics and what's happening and so you know, we can get the hard sales pitch for buying crystals to uh-huh. protect me from sexual allegations yeah good luck with that or you know or to uh, get the hard pitch from the Scientologist. And, and just sort of enjoy the dynamics of, wow, you're saying this and you're expecting me to respond this way, but I'm not going to. That's uh-huh. fascinating. So although, so in that moment, that conversation, uh, it's awkward, but it's also kind of delightful. Although today, I on like literally you released an episode this morning that you guys went to see a psychic and you could not bring yourself, like the psychic would say, is this thing true, yes or no? And you're like, um, like you couldn't say no, even if it was patently untrue <laughs> right well because now i have to search myself well maybe it is true on some you know i don't want to dismiss that completely but isn't that like such an element of i'm gonna think really hard how to piece what this person said to, to me in work yeah to make it yeah. work and you're working so hard at it yeah or at least you know if i'm being forced to do it within two seconds yeah i don't have time to process <laughs> so i make silly noises uh, 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 uh. and then she just moved on I guess so. Yeah, she steamrolled over me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about your. So you try. You, it seems like you guys won't lie about who you are or why you're there. If somebody asks you point blank. Oh, of course. Yeah. But you definitely. You're not. Again, you're not going in and saying like, "Hello, it's us, the, it's, the heroes of Ono, Ross, and Carrie." Right, lies by omission. Yeah, uh, we're, we're there to have the experience, and that's tricky because yes, I am there observing. Uh, and I am aware on some level mm-hmm. that I will be telling other people about this later. Right. I think I've become more aware of that over time than I was when we first started. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other hand, like you said, we do go in with the honest intention of wanting to understand better and maybe incorporate these ideas mm-hmm. if it's if it checks out. So it's a weird position to be in. So we have a track record, and obviously we have poo-pooed, quote-unquote, <laughs> a number of uh, different ideas. Uh, so 
you know, one could say, oh, well, you're just coming in to negate what we have to say. Right. But we do want to just hear it from their mouths, and we don't want to hear the version of it that they're giving to the critical podcasters. Sure. We Or just journalists in general. We want to hear the same version they'd give to anybody. Yeah, you don't want the defensive version of it. Yes. You want That's their... very well said. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because I feel like, and maybe this is a, a, a bad, uh, a false observation, I feel like y'all used to use fake names more than you do now. <laughs> I've used fake names precisely twice. Really? Oh, I thought it was more frequently than that. Or maybe no. Carrie just used to use a different last name or something. Why did you use your real name for Scientology? <laughs> well, what were you doing, Ross? Yeah. They have your address. Yeah, oh, they have my address. It's funny. I uh, recently... Oh, Scientology, it's just never ending. And people don't get tired of it either. No one ever complains and says, stop releasing Scientology. No, episodes. I'll listen to it for the rest of my life. But there's just always these ongoing... Uh, interactions and I ran into one at the mall recently and I took my son up to talk to her and we had a whole nice conversation. <laughs> I thought, oh, later on when you turn in the slip mentioning <gasps> my name, you're going to have to explain yourself. But she got my son's name wrong and we gave him, we gave her his real name. Uh -huh. She just wrote it down completely wrong. And first name or last name? First name. Yeah. I and so every, <laughs> every now and then, it's so funny. Like, they finally took me off the mailing list. They, <laughs> they, they first took me off the email list. Uh, but every now and then, I'll just get a stray text from a desperate Scientologist who wants to get extra credit for, or, or any credit for yeah. having contacted someone. Well, and a few weeks ago, you interviewed somebody who uh, left Scientology partly because he discovered your yeah. podcast. That had to feel pretty good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that that's a huge honor. And... But didn't he say you guys were like on the like non-starter list? Gallery. The Rogues Gallery. Yeah. Oh, what a dope name. Oh, I can't tell you how proud we are of this. And it's funny, at the same time, I am a people pleaser. I like to make friends. I like to be on everybody's good side. I, <laughs> want, I want to find the good in everybody. But at the same time, I take great pleasure in, you know, being on the Rogues Gallery where all the front desk people and security people at L.A. Scientology locations have been trained uh -huh. to recognize Carrie's and my faces and turn <laughs> us away. That's amazing. Wait, I have a story for you. If you got to have enemies. My, uh, so uh, I almost said I have a mom. I have a mom. That's, congratulations. Thank you so much. Uh, so my, uh, my mom and her sisters were down in Clearwater. Um, Scientology Central. Scientology Central. And she, I think I've told this story on the podcast before. It's fine, though. And she and her, my mom is, like, singularly charming. She's just a very sweet, winning woman. And the story is that she, she and they're also, like, love to sneak into places that they don't belong. Huh. My mom has my a reputation of, of, yeah, my mom has a reputation of, like, she used to sneak onto, like, movie sets all the time and get pictures with people. And then they'd be like, you have to go. And she's like, oh, okay. All right, bye. Like, she's 5'1". She's not a threat to anybody. Uh, okay. Anyway, so she and her sisters were, like, on the Scientology campus or something and walked into one of the buildings because there were... Do Scientologists drink? Is that a Scientologist thing, whether they do or do not? I, I'm, wondering, I'm trying to poke holes I in my mom's they, story. I think they frown on drinking, but... You okay, know, for some reason, they... They smoke, though. Oh, really? Oh, do they ever? For some reason, my mom and her sisters thought there was a bar in a Scientology building. So they just like walked in and were like, hey, we're here to get a drink. And they're like, you 
you can't just come in here. They're like, okay, bye. Like, but just we're ready to like march into a Scientology building just to see what's up there. Uh, good on them. That's great. Yeah. Anyway, that wasn't. But they're just like the, a group of the most non-threatening white ladies of like, hey, are you okay? Bye. Like, sorry, didn't mean to bother you. If like, you got it, use it. Yeah, that's great. Anyway, my mom tried to be a Scientologist. I guess is the moral of that story. Yeah. Um, good thing she failed. Yeah, good thing. Um, Ross. Yes. Oh, one more thing before we before we wrap Jessica, up. Jessica, is I, it? Uh, um, yes, it is Jessica. Thank you. <sighs> Thank you for remembering that. Um, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I know you're doing a bit from your... Anyway, um, we are in your office right now. Yes. Your work office, which is... Uh, dope as hell. I really like it a well, thank lot. thank you. I've collected many cool things over the years. Yeah, it's very cool. This has been a fun experience for me. You, <laughs> a lot of your experiments lead you to bring shit into work with you. Okay, like fair. weird shakes. Uh-huh. Or belts that make your abs... Flex question mark? I don't know. I remember you guys were. Oh, were those? Definitely tense up those muscles. Uh-huh. Yeah, flex belt. <laughs> oh, so that, I was. That's what it's called. Yeah. Almost there. Right word. You can tell I'm in marketing. Um, what do people around here think of that? We, we say this as I'm sitting next to a haunted doll. Oh, I was actually going to bring that up, but I didn't want to like spoil, spoil well, your, I appreciate that. your new thing. Yeah, I mean, of you. Mm-hmm. When's this episode coming out? Who knows? Okay. So <laughs> it could be whenever. Who knows? Well, yeah, Carrie is always closer to the chest with our investigations uh-huh. than I am. But uh, yeah, my my coworkers are, I think, amused and, <laughs> and entertained by my side adventures. And yeah, sometimes it's something that requires me to keep up a diet or a daily regimen. And so it just becomes part of my work life. In this case, uh, keeping a haunted doll purchased on eBay staring at me from between my monitors. He's the worst. He? She. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to misgen- uh, misgen- It's a she. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Kelsey. Shall we, shall we activate her? Yeah. Okay. She's the pits. The, this is the only one that makes noises. Oh, she's doing the one eye thing. Oh, yeah. One eye blinking. What is that? She's a fucking nightmare thing. I think the creepiest looking of the dolls, even though I mean, she this has is the only no one hair. I've seen. She's a baby. So she laughed, and then her eyes blinked. You could probably hear that weird clicking. I blinked. So she was just like <laughs> yeah. winking at Intensely me in the winking. worst possible way. And what was her? Would you like to uh, let us know what her uh, what her special powers are? So, no so wait. wait for those of you who don't know, there is a subsec a subsection of eBay where they sell haunted dolls. And so it's like literal, this is just like, this looks like any doll you can pick up at a store. Not at Toys R Us. They're closed now. Um, Which the original seller probably did. Almost certainly. (laughs) And then they sell them and then they give, sometimes, and we talked about this before, Ross hasn't listened to it, but I'm listening to these episodes about my brother, my brother and me. They do a whole haunted doll watch where they read these eBay. That's amazing. It's hysterical. I gotta listen to this. And it's, but some of them are so long and in depth and tell the story about like Elise was a six year old girl who died of pneumonia in the eighteen nineties and she's a playful she's spirit. inhabited this oh, doll. It's so horrifying. But they're really self serious, I think. Like yeah. you think they're very earnest, right? It yeah, I mean it's up to the creativity who of whoever's writing this. And yeah. 
Sometimes you feel they are more or less serious. This one was one of the less interesting descriptions, but it does say she can cause her doll to giggle on her own. Which would be a fucking nightmare. Imagine if I'm, I'm going to leave here and you're going to be alone in this office. What if she just starts laughing at you? Oh, I would love that. Hello, There's Ross. nothing I would appreciate It's me, more Kelsey. That would be fantastic. <laughs> No, I'd live for nothing more than that. Uh, her energy is playful and fun. She loves to be taken places. I have heard footsteps, giggles, and felt her brush past me. Fuck that shit. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I don't believe in any of that. I don't want that shit anywhere near me. <laughs> I I have the intellectual uh, capability to both not believe in ghosts and be terrified of ghosts. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's something I'm very proud of, and it's gotten me far in life. It's the wonders of a human brain. <laughs> so my, my favorite clause is always... <clears throat> per eBay's rules, <laughs> this item is for entertainment purposes only. Any paranormal activity associated with the item is out of my control. You are purchasing the physical dolls. But, wink, 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 wink we wink. know. Yeah, right, exactly. We know you're getting Kelsey. After they, not in this case, but in other ones, they've gone on for three pages about how this is verified paranormal activity. It's so wild. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. How did you pick the ones you got? Uh on appearance and price and mainly story. Sure. I'm rating the story. You know, is it interesting? This one made noises. I was like, oh, that's good. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's pretty horrifying. And this, the the noise, as our listeners heard, are singularly awful. <laughs> They're very, very terrible noises. Okay. All right. I have taken up so much of your time. You've been so generous with your time and your office. He gave me a super cool. Oh, I did that VR thing. Yeah. You got to try VR for the first time. Yeah. It was. What, what was the. Not any VR. She got to see Cycles. And is, is that out? Is that something? It's not out to the general public oh, yet. So you, you got to let leg me up tell on you. Everybody. I cried in front of some strangers today. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's right. That's what we do at Disney Animation. We uh, make grown people cry. Yeah. It's a lot for me. Um, anyway, thank you. God, thank you so much. You're welcome. Dinner was a joy. This tour was a joy. So good to see you. You're again. always fun to, to hang out with. Let me know if, um, if you want to do some weird experiments in Chicago. I'm sure we have weird shit going on. Oh, you definitely do. There's tunnels. People are probably died down there and we can go check <laughs> that out. Anyway, uh, Ross, where can people find your podcast? It's, uh, onopodcast.com or our podcast family home, maximumfun.org. Yep. And we are on Twitter at Ono Podcast, mm-hmm. O-H-N-O, and you know how to spell podcast. <laughs> and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Onrack, O-N-R-A-C, which coincidentally stands for Ono, Ross, and Carrie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't you say some people didn't know that Onrack We <laughs> still get an email, I don't know, once a month. <laughs> someone saying like, oh my goodness, I get it. <laughs> I always wondered why you said Onrack stands for Ono, Ross, and Carrie. Wow. Yep. Geniuses, all of us. Hey, it's just one little revelation at a time. That's, <laughs> that's how we get through life. Yeah. All right, Ross, thank you so much. I'll see you in another couple of years when I latch on to my husband's business trip to Pasadena. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Thanks, Ross. Thank you. <laughs>